But let's get into the continuation of the idea of repairing someone else's work. You need a special ego where you're not getting credit for being the creator. You just love trying to figure out what the creator tried to achieve and assisting that resurrection of that original creative idea. Let's go to the Getty Museum's restoration. Let me just tell you a little bit about the painting. 1943, Jackson Pollock, he only lives to be 44 years old. He dies horrifically in a car accident because he got drunk. He was an alcoholic and wrapped his car around a tree. So fortunately, he didn't hurt anybody else. But this painting is 20 feet long, eight feet tall. And it's been living in Iowa in their museum with great pride for all these years, since 1951, I think they got, because Peggy Guggenheim moved to Venice, Italy. She had it in her house in New York City, and she commissioned Jackson Pollock to make this giant painting. But because it began to sag and crack, it needed to be restored. Otherwise, it was going to tear in half and fall apart, and all the paint was going to chip off. Listen to the experts at the Getty Museum here in Los Angeles talking about their passion to figure out what it was that Jackson Pollock was trying to achieve and breaking down microscopically with CAT scans and MRI type technology, space age stuff to figure out the work mural by Jackson Pollock and to restore it and repair it. Let's go to number one. It's a landmark work in that he is shifting in, in his ideas of how to apply the paint, uh, what kind of paint to use. It's one of the earliest all-over uh, compositions. You know, I think it was exciting for everybody to see this shift in, in away from figurative painting towards the abstract. It's not only the abstract, you're gonna feel, I took my office in a stretch limousine, we went to the Getty to see this, it was during, I think it was 2012 to 2014, right? So in 2014, they finished the restoration. Before they sent it back to Iowa, I got a chance to see the finished product, and it was awesome. Let's go to number two. There's a whole suite of instrumentation being evolved now looking at imaging, uh, an entire work of art. So it's great when you take a tiny microscopic sample of paint. You know, we can tell so much about what's in that tiny, tiny sample. But really, that could be a unique case. You know, a bit of paint one inch away from that could be completely different. So when you tie in the point analysis, detecting certain pigments or binders with these new techniques where you can look across the entire surface of the painting and target certain materials, um, we can tell, for example, with mural, we can tell, for example, with mural, we could target the different blue pigments. We could see exactly which blue was put where across the entire surface with hyperspectral imaging, one of the techniques we use, as well as this fantastic, uh, almost sort of fortuitous instance where a particular material that was present in the casein house paints, uh, we, we couldn't detect the casein by imaging, but this component that was only in the casein house paints, um, it was an aluminum silicate extender. Uh, that material we could, uh, um, we could image across the whole surface. So we have a great image where we can see exactly where this house paint was used compared to the oil. But listen to this. For years, the myth, which was propagated by Peggy Guggenheim, who, paint, who paid for this painting, was that he had writer's block. 
he kept looking at this blank canvas that he stretched day after day, week after week, and he could not figure out what he was going to paint on it. His wife, Lee Krasner, said he woke up one night, jumped out of bed, and for 24 hours straight started to paint. Well, that's true, but also not true. And these detectives, these restoration experts figured that out. This is fascinating. Let's go to number four. Once Pollock got the canvas stretched, he had this immense, vast, expansive canvas and didn't know what to paint. And so he had, you know, artist's painter's block, if you will, didn't know what to paint. And then uh, inspiration struck him one night and he painted the entire painting in a very short 24-hour, 36-hour period. But we were able to look more closely, of course, at the layers of paint and really show that, in fact, that that couldn't have been possible. Ah, but they did discover by microscopically looking how the paint layered on top of it, they could tell when and how and how much time it took for this paint to take place. Incredible research. Number five. 